This is a Bergen Film Club podcast. Like an old movie, removed from frame, I am floating and looking for someone to blame. Won't you project me on the walls of your heart? I'm waiting. For the real thing to start Hello, and welcome to The Real Thing. I am your host, Joe Lawrence. And today, I am joined with a, maybe a co-host special feature. Oh. From Carolina Tomberg. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, no problem. How are you doing? I'm fine. I handed in my master thesis. Congratulations. Thank you. That was, uh, oh my God, it felt so weird handing it in, just sitting in my bedroom yeah. on a Sunday night, 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. just hitting Boop. send. Yeah. I was like, that's it. That's the year of my life. Yeah. <laughs> when I submitted mine, I was in a hotel in Sweden. Oh. And it was like 4 p.m. <laughs> and I just realized that I hadn't submitted it. And then I just submitted it. And then that was it. Yeah. It, it's so just, yeah. unimpressive. <laughs> it's like, it's like this huge thing that you're doing, mm-hmm. you work so much on it. And it, then you just sit in a room like, now it's done. Now the, what? Yeah. Now <laughs> what? Yeah. Let's introduce the podcast. Yes. So this podcast is an extension of Bergen Film Club. Mm-hmm. Bergen Film Club is an independent cinema in Bergen, Norway. The film club's main goal is giving a voice to those who deserve it, revealing insights into unknown cultures and showing awesome movies. And in this podcast, I talk about those films that are included in the film's extensive program, past, present and future. Mm-hmm. And today we're talking about Midsommar. Yes. At last. I've been saying that I've been going to do it for about three episodes now. <laughs> and then I took a break and I forgot and then but we you know we're doing it for real yes I've I'm been excited s- to do this oh I'm so excited you invited me here for it so much it's mm. oh, I can't wait I think it's gonna be a lot of uh agreeing with each other probably yeah. we have pretty much <laughs> the exact same opinion of this movie but yeah. well, that's still nice it's still fun yeah yeah um but before we begin uh we always start with recommendations on the podcast yes so f- you can feel free to chime in with any recommendations oh fun yeah yeah but i can start off i have, have two podcast recommendations do you know who Brittany broski is oh do i know yeah okay <laughs> yes i do she has just launched a new podcast and the second one just came out this week it's called the broski report with the Brittany broski mm-hmm. and it yeah, it's great. It's a uh, kind of, uh, I think she's doing kind of like a take on 1950s newscasting, but it's just basically her own deep thoughts. Love it. I yeah. I haven't listened to this yet. I listened to her previous podcast with Sa- Sarah, Sarah Shower. Yeah, yeah. Um, violating community guidelines. Yeah, which, which was is, re- yeah. really good. I was so sad when it ended. Yeah, me too. But I'm so excited to start listening to to this one. Yeah, it's. It's as great as you would expect it to be. Oh, I, I think she's very funny. Expect no less from from her. 
I I love her because she's so smart. Yeah. Like she's really intelligent and I think that's also what makes her like stupid humor. Yeah. Just as good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's only the second episode now, but I think she's gonna go as long as she can with it and yeah. Check that out, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I will. Yeah. And this is a daring second podcast recommendation, but because I've only listened to one episode. Uh oh. <laughs> um <laughs> But it's called The Purrcast. Interesting. And it is a podcast about cats and the hosts talking about their own cats. And then they interview people who have cats. That sounds adorable. (laughs) Yes. It's hosted by Stephen Ray Morris, who's the audio engineer on my favorite podcast, My Favorite Murder. Mm. And yep, it's as cute as you can... You'd imagine, I guess. Yeah. The the jingle is like sickeningly cute. (laughs) But I listened to it and I was like wincing, but I was like, this is also very sweet. Interesting. I'm definitely going to take it. I love cats. Yeah. I want a cat so bad. Yeah. There's like, I think the one I listened to was like 409th episode. So they've been going for a really long time. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. So So you have a lot lot of cats. The one that they had, the one that I listened to was this guy called like cat illuminati or something is this tiktok user who basically just walks around his neighborhood and meets cats on the street and films them and um then people recognize him and bring their cats out from the house and that is adorable yeah i'm not a tiktok user but you are a tiktok user (laughs) i believe i love tiktok yeah so there you go cat illuminati it's a TikTok I'm account and also following that straight away <laughs> <laughs> and also the Percast, which is on exactly right media um which i think every podcast that i recommend is from that um podcast network good network it is great we, we should get on it <laughs> we should get on it i don't know yeah um <laughs> yeah still not watching any tv no no you gotta get into anime dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I've been watching a lot of anime mm-hmm. the last year, and uh, Chainsaw Man mm, okay. is so good. Uh, it's currently just one season out, but mm. it is fantastic. The style is fantastic, and uh, I believe the like director, I think that's what you call it uh, when it's an anime. Um, he's really into films, <laughs> so in the intro song to Chainsaw Man. You can see like references from different films and such, which is kind of fun. But it's basically just a show about um, demons <laughs> and okay. hunting demons. And um, yeah, we follow the main character who is Zeji. I believe it's a, it's a lot of characters that get a lot of time. Um, but he sadly dies with his little demon chainsaw dog. Okay. So the the chain, chainsaw dog enters his heart and he is now has like a chainsaw thing out of his chest and can turn into a chainsaw devil or demon. Mm, okay. Yeah. And it's just very fun and the characters are amazing, all of them. And uh, I've been watching that. So. Yeah, okay. It sounds cool. And I think a lot of anime sound cool to me, but I just, I don't, I'm not connecting. Okay, you should give it a try. Yeah, I know. It's uh, uh, Chainsaw Man is like 12 episodes and 
each episode is like 20 minutes okay i can do that and it is very <laughs> like you get so engaged mm -hmm. even bendik like chainsaw man mm. it's uh gory enough for him i think uh okay yeah then maybe i'll like it too yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. i don't know what it is about anime that i don't because i love like i watch and i'm a big fan of a lot of cartoons but not not, not like the pokemon anime is probably my extent you know, it's a lot of good, lot of good anime out there. Yeah. What yeah. was the one that I liked last year? Arcane? Was it called? Uh, the one on Netflix? The yeah, I believe so. I didn't see it, but I think oh. it's Arcane. That was very good. Oh, that will. You should watch that. I, I, sh and I, I will should. watch uh, Chainsaw Man. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then lastly, I had a movie recommendation. Last night, I watched Barbarian mm -hmm. for the second time and it was great just yeah. as good as the first time it's just such a a fun movie yeah, yeah. and i feel like that is a very like rewatchable movie as well because mm -hmm. the first time around you have no clue what is going on yeah big time it's so con like not confusing but just like what is happening it's like so <laughs> many twists and turns and yeah i i love that about it it's yeah. so fun it's kind of hard to talk about it because i feel like i don't want to give it away because yeah i feel like there are twists and twists are great yeah i'm kind of unexpected narrative yeah yeah i tried my best to dodge everything about it on social mm -hmm. media before i watched it yeah. and i'm so happy i did so yes. i went in not knowing anything and that just made the whole experience like so much fun so yeah. if you don't know anything about it watch it best, and yeah. just don't read don't read anything yeah i was just waiting for just long to show up yeah that's that's the only thing that i already knew i, I didn't know he was going to be there either really <laughs> it's just uh, suddenly he was there and it's like okay what is going on now <laughs> yeah no i love it i think it's a great movie yeah it's on disney plus very yeah. accessible to a lot of people yeah um yeah and i guess that's it that's uh, some decent recommendations unless you have anything that you want to throw out uh no i think that's uh that's some good recommendations great yeah. okay yeah well, you had Chainsaw Man. I did. I'm okay. very happy about that. I think I explained it like horribly, but just trust me, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Convince me, I think. <laughs> there's there's some cute characters. Okay. You you like Aki. He's, he's handsome. Okay. Yeah. Then let's dive into today's episode. What yes. we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about 20... Oh. 19? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. 2019 movie <laughs> Midsummer. Yes. Yeah. So today, like I said, we are talking about the 2019 Ari Aster written and directed movie Midsummer. Are you ready to be read to Carolina? I am. I've never done I'm this with someone in the room before. I'm so excited. I'm yeah. So this is a folk horror film. I think mm -hmm. I've, we did an episode on folk horror, I believe. That was episode four, I think, when we did The Craft. Talked about folk horror and yeah. kind of that it had its roots in, in Britain. Mm -hmm. And, that, if, and then that apparently a film couldn't be folk horror if it wasn't British. But interesting yeah huh. that's the verse for you <laughs> yes oh yeah let's not get into that um so the basic plot of the film is that it follows danny 
played by Florence Pugh and Christian Jacarena, um, who are playing this extremely dysfunctional couple and following a, basically they are maybe seemingly going to break up. Mm-hmm. And then Florence Pugh's character, Danny, goes through a terrible, um, very bad thing happens to her, you could say. Very. Yep. <laughs> and then she's invited with um, Christian's group of friends to Sweden to celebrate a Midsummer Festival because him and another character are wanting to study mm-hmm. the the group and their um, traditions and the fourth or fifth character will Poulter, wants to have sex with a swedish woman <laughs> that's why he is there <laughs> and they go and it's weird and then they basically find themselves trapped in this spider web cult that they cannot escape from basically everything's been set up for their arrival mm-hmm. um but by the inclusion of danny the story goes slightly differently to what the swedish cult imagined in the first place so Ari Aster is an American film director and screenwriter who says that he doesn't necessarily consider himself a horror filmmaker interesting he makes horrible films for sure (laughs) so he said quote I'd been resisting writing a horror film for a very long time mostly because it just wasn't the genre that had been exciting me which is silly because everything I do is really dark and bleak and horror is like the one genre where that is not only a virtue it's necessary you have two camps. One is horror films that are essentially roller coaster rides that are just there to give people a series of jolts and then let them go home and get on with their life. Then there are others that are maybe more existential in nature and are really trying to play with serious fears and engaging with them on a serious level. Those are the ones I'm interested in watching and those are the films I'm interested in making. End quote. Cool. Because <laughs> I think that I agree that he's not necessarily making... like. So he's made Hereditary, which was 2018. Yeah. And most recently, Bowls Afraid, which mm-hmm. came out this year. Um, Hereditary is scary. Oh, yes. Yeah. It is very, it is very scary. scary. Yeah. I remember the promotion that A24 did is that they had like a screening where they hooked people up to like heart monitors. Oh, that is so cool. And then they tracked their um, BPM through the movie and then mm-hmm. they could see like the which act was the scariest and... Oh, in sort of the final cool. act everyone's heart rate was going like crazy fast so intense mm-hmm. yeah but that is scary but i'd say midsummer and Bo is afraid is more like it's not necessarily scary you're just watching it going like oh my god i wish this wasn't happening yeah yeah i agree i think um, that's the best description i can give it but at the same time i've I haven't seen Boys Afraid yet, but mm-hmm. during Midsommar, I was like, my heart was racing a lot. It's like, it's very intense. It's scary in an intense way. And just like... Yeah. It's like not horror that I think like the the mainstream is used to. <laughs> yeah. What horror has been for so long, I think maybe that's why a lot of people find him so refreshing is because he is really making a different kind of horror movie. Yeah, he is. In the last five years, he's made three movies yeah or big like big releases yeah it's uh it's impressive that like hereditary which is was his like first big movie mm-hmm. is so popular it's like, yeah good for good for you you did something yeah. right so a little about the production it was a co-production between the u.s and sweden 
and the film was actually initially pitched to Oster as a straightforward slasher film set amongst Swedish cultists. While elements of the original concept remain in the final product, the film's plot centers on a deteriorating relationship inspired by a difficult breakup which Oster experienced himself. Oh. Mm. Huh, interesting. How do you feel about that? I uh, damn, son, you need therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now I'm curious if Arias is like, is he Danny or is he Christian? <laughs> yeah, definitely it would be. Which uh, side is he on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it a bit later, but I know that at least I was like, I felt seen and heard by Danny. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So though the majority of Midsommar takes place in Sweden, it wasn't filmed there at all. Rather, it was filmed on the outskirts of Budapest in Hungary. Reportedly, Swedish law would have restricted the film crews from shooting more than eight hours a day. <laughs> and Ariasta said in multiple interviews that he decided to avoid shooting the movie in Sweden due to financial constraints. Quote, I realized that we couldn't afford to make this movie in Sweden, so we decided to shoot in Hungary. He said during an interview with Vulture, we were scouting for a long time to find the right field. And I was also still desperately working on a shot list. I got through three fourths of the shot list and we found a village that worked perfectly for the movie. Mm-hmm. Just think it's so funny. Like, oh, no, we couldn't be in Sweden because we could only work eight hours a day. Yeah. And I think it's like, yeah, because then they can't do like night shoots. Oh, you can't do night shoots at all. Oh, or like if they had done say some in the morning then that yeah. means that their working day would be like three hours or something mm, yeah so I, yeah you damn yeah. scandinavians oh. and you caring about your population oh how dare we <laughs> yeah and also that i guess that's kind of true that the film just takes place in one field y- yeah it's yeah. uh yeah it's kind of similar to um uh, the village where it's just like we're mainly at one place. <laughs> yeah. I watched that last week. You did? And I hated it. Really? Yes. Interesting. Oh my God. Yeah, it sucked. I disagree. It okay, I thought Bryce Dallas Howard was good. Yeah. But she's good in everything. I mean Slay. Yeah. Slay. Yeah. Blind Slay. <laughs> but it was like weird that they never like you just kind of are like oh she's blind it's never like she's blind and <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix's character was super weird and I don't know it's like the reveal was so lame I call the reveal I did that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and then but then like not once in my head did I not think that that was happening in present day because then it was like <gasps> they're in a park <laughs> and this real and I was like oh Okay, I thought it... What? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like it. Okay, th- that's your opinion. Yeah, that's true. Everyone's entitled yeah. to their own opinion. Yeah, it's fair But enough. as I famously say, the good thing about my opinion is that it is completely objective. Yeah. So, yeah. it is a bad movie. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, it's still... The two kind of remind me of each other. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I Sorry. wanted. I didn't mean to poo on your point. <sighs> I'm silencing women on the podcast. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So before we get into the 
the meat. I thought we could talk a little bit about A24. Oh, yes. Yeah. We're going to be talking about film film bros mm. soon. And I think there's just n- never been a film company that's been so obsessed over <laughs> by the film, film bros than A24. No. And it's kind of sad because it started like it's this really nice kind of independent mm-hmm. thing. And then it's just, ah, you're, you're up with the worst now. <laughs> yeah. So A24 is an American independent entertainment company that specializes in film and now TV, as well as film distribution, and it's based in Manhattan, NYC. So just a few of the movies that they have come out with, The Spectacular Now, Ex Machina, Room, Moonlight, Lady Bird, Eighth Grade, Uncut Gems, Minari, Everything Ever All at Once, Pearl. Oh. (laughs) (sighs) Um... So A24 is also maybe as famous for anything else as it is for its like autistic horror films. Yeah. I would say. Known for being psychologically disturbing and mind bending. They're considered to be a pioneer in modern horror and often referred to as elevated horror, which we can talk about soon because I think Mm -hmm. that's uh, funny. Most of these films share a similar approach, including ambiguity, bleak atmosphere, Disrupted formulas, outbursts of violence, psychological dilemmas, and realistic character drama, including, you know, Hereditary, The Lighthouse, Midsommar, The Witch, and X. Yeah. To name a few. They, they, I think the great thing about them is that, you know, even though they've sort of exploded into wide popularity with shows like Euphoria. Yeah. Never seen it, but I know that a lot of people have and love it, I think. Do you like it? Euphoria? Mm-hmm. I really like season one. Okay. Uh, and then season two is like, it's okay. But yeah. it's... But I heard that the writer-director of that show is a bit fishy. Oh, uh, Sam Levine or something? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, he's an interesting guy. He Sam Levinson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like it's a lot of like... Yeah, he he's trying to push his actors in a way that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, having them naked a lot yeah. when it's not necessary at all. Especially the women. Yeah. And especially Sidney Sweeney, who kind of looks like his mom. Just putting oh. that out there. Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess we can just start from that, like, mommy issues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mommy issues and Oriasta. He seems to be a... P- I mean, we only have three films to kind of pick from for him. Mm-hmm. Mm. But he also made uh, th- the thing with the Johnsons or something. It's like a short movie he made. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I heard about it. It's, uh, it's I heard it's quite intense. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but that's also about a kind of mm, difficult parent parent uh, relationship. It's interesting <laughs> <laughs> relationship. Yeah. But uh, at least two of his films, Hereditary and Boas Afraid, which is kind of exemplified in Boas Afraid, is that he's sort of, obviously, I think I read a quote that said that like he finds making films therapeutic and his writing is therapeutic for him. Mm-hmm. But he's clearly exercising some sort of like deep-seated mother issues <laughs> through these movies, especially in Boas Afraid. Yeah, you can sort of see it in Hereditary as well. Mm-hmm. It's just... Uh 
yeah there's definitely some some mommy issues going yeah. around there yeah but i mean if he finds film making therapeutic good for him keep on doing that mm-hmm. uh but therapy is also an option <laughs> yeah and he can afford it now he can <laughs> he could after hereditary probably yeah yeah because hereditary is also picked up by like larger distributors than mm-hmm. than a24 which yeah. is uh very nice yeah, but we're here to talk about Midsummer, not yes. other movies. What do you like about Midsummer? Let's talk about. You can talk about the plot, whatever you want. What oh, do you like? it's it's so much about Midsummer that I like. It's um, it starts off quite intensely. Speak um, on it. What happens? Yes. Uh, so um, Danny is excluded from her family suicide. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is um interesting sentence to say but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um so danny's parents uh are killed by her sister and her sister kills her- herself which is um quite quite intense uh she probably wasn't really well before this happened probably uh especially with her relationship with christian who has clearly been like not a good relationship for a while um, yeah, he's pretty uh, not the best at dealing with her emotions, or not dealing with her emotions, just not being like available. Yeah, seemingly. Uh, and uh, there's a scene where he sits in a bar with all his buddies, and they're like, "Oh, you wanted to end this relationship a year ago," so it seems like this relationship has been like on the downhill for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's saying like he can't break up with her because something that happened maybe a year ago that yeah like it it's uh adding to her injury of life yeah yeah and uh and then suddenly like her whole family dies very tragically yep and then uh he kind of has to be there for her and uh, they might not reconnect but he's still a bit more available for her mm-hmm. uh while she's grieving and then uh, uh he takes her to sweden with all of his friends Ooh. Which uh, sounds really nice. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful place. Uh, that's what I find really cool about the film. It's so bright and beautiful, mm-hmm. and all the people, all the Swedish, <laughs> are so happy. Yeah. And uh, but you still know, like, oh, there's something weird going on here under yeah. all these pretty colors and smiling faces, and uh, that quickly becomes apparent that there's yeah. something fucked up going on here. Yeah. Yeah. That was like one of the big sort of unique selling points of the film i think is that they were saying that like how often is a film a horror film done in the day yeah you know it's usually like the day is the respite day is Mm -hmm. safety in horror films and this kind of took that and said you're never safe yeah Yeah. because that's like the nice thing when you watch a horror movie it's like it's very intense at night and then it's daytime and you're like oh my god thank god i can relax a little bit now it's like i can breathe again but Mm -hmm. here they just no safety nets (laughs) we're gonna be weird no matter what yeah so they arrive in the cult or the collective i think they're hog 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 yeah horga um but Ariasta said that he doesn't see them as a cult yeah because i was thinking about it are they a cult or are they just i can uh read you a quote 
from Arias to himself. Yeah. Describing it. Yeah. He said, quote, no, I don't see them as a cult. They might be, but I never call them a cult. For me, they are a community and they are a family. I wanted them to exist as a place with a history, very clear laws and rules and inter- traditions. I wanted them to feel very rich and very lived in. At the same time, this is a fairy tale and they really want exactly what Danny needs mm-hmm. uh, following the loss of her own family. Mm-hmm. For better f- or for worse, this is a wish fulfillment fantasy. This is a spoiler, but we begin as Danny loses a family and we end as she gains one. Mm-hmm. So for better or for worse, they are there to provide exactly what she is lacking and what she needs in true fairy tale fashion. End quote. Yeah, yeah, because they have cult-like tendencies. Sure. Because <laughs> they do heavily, like, manipulate her in a way by... Yeah. Um twisting a little bit of what is going on and their perspe- uh, perception of reality with the the mushroom drinks I think is mushroom <laughs> yeah they're like basically microdosing or yeah. microdosing them the whole time that they're there yeah mm-hmm. all the time yeah um, so they have like cult like tendencies sure. but I still saw them more as like a yeah as a family <laughs> was just a bit twisted mm-hmm. a little bit a little bit of inbreeding. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Um, yeah. Peop- old people choosing when they die. Yeah, by jumping off a cliff. Yes. That th- that is an image I will never get out of my head. That scene with the old man who jumps off the cliff. Yeah. And he doesn't die straight away, so they take like a huge hammer thing and just wax his head. That is traumatizing. That is scary. Yeah. That is scary. That yeah. is horror. It's nasty, but just the. Uh, you see it the second that because uh seemingly his partner mm-hmm. old lady she does a lovely like graceful fall mm-hmm. but he sort of hops off yeah and does not a moment of hesitation maybe and then yeah it's like sorry <laughs> yeah but I, I get what he says about feeling lived in because you like this is a thing that they do every year and yeah um like their tradition feels very large and mm-hmm. they're getting like an insight into that and each character is sort of destroyed by their own so basically the four four men that she's with yeah her boyfriend the phd guy oh and will Pulder. yeah mark so that's three yeah and pella yeah but he's sweet she's cool He's a, he's a nice guy, <laughs> TM. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all, I think I kind of thought that was fun that all the male characters are sort of destroyed by what they are seeking. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. It's like uh, Christy and the boyfriend's desire to be kind of a part or weed his way into it. Mm-hmm. And then the PhD guy's wanting to know more. Yeah. And sneaking into the hidden library and finding out. And then Will Poulter's character wanting to have sex with someone yeah he gets led away and they all die in numerous ways but we can talk about christian's <laughs> death later i think yes that is uh or we can talk about how we feel about christian's character because i think this is one thing that i was so interested to hear about because there is midsummer 2019 mm-hmm. and then there's also Mid- midsummer the director's cut yeah i have not seen the director's cut but the Basically, the end of the movie mm-hmm. is with Danny being appointed the new May Queen. Mm-hmm. She has this whole kind of transcendental experience. Yeah. And 
uh, Christian, the boyfriend, is put into a bear suit. Yes. Um, whilst paralyzed. Yeah, or she chooses him to be in the bear because yeah. she has the choice between. That's right. Yeah. A, I think it's an old villager. Yeah. And her boyfriend. Yeah. And she chooses her boyfriend to be burnt alive. In a bear suit. <laughs> in a bear suit. <laughs> yes. Um, but apparently, some people from just watching Midsommar alone, not mm-hmm. the director's cut, felt like Christian didn't deserve it. I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> my experience of watching the film the first time, I saw it in the cinema with two of my friends, Kane mm-hmm. and Dean. And when that whole thing was happening mm-hmm. and the music was swelling and she goes from looking distraught to smiling. Yeah. I was smiling. I had the biggest <laughs> smile on my face. My friends were like looking at me like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I was so overcome with joy in that moment. Yeah. It's was, like, one of those good for her. Very moments. much, very yeah. much good for her. And, you know, a lot of people have had shitty boyfriends. Yeah. In one way or another. And I think I felt like a way of exercising my own. <laughs> um, demon in a way through watching this film but apparently yeah. people didn't think he deserved it so what is different about the director's cut so the director's cut isn't a lot longer than the original okay. I think it's like 10 or 15 minutes extra hmm. uh, which is like why didn't he just keep it in the original cut I don't know Okay. Uh, but it's mainly like a fight between Danny and Christian that is happening and Christian is like clearly gaslighting her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when people properly realize like, oh, he is a shitty boyfriend because he's gaslighting her. But to me, that was kind of obvious from the start that he wasn't a good guy. Yeah. And um, so I think that's like the main difference and people just realizing or seeing they have to be shown that he is a bad guy. They haven't really. Okay. Yeah, I think that's kind of why people feel like, oh, okay, I get it now, after the director's cut. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I did not need convincing. <laughs> Me neither. No. Yeah. <laughs> Beginning of the film, I was like, get rid of him. It's like, out. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. please die a gruesome death. You don't need to tell me the men suck. No. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's obvious. Yes. Yeah. So I have a, another quote from Ariasta pertaining to christian being the villain mm-hmm. of the movie he said quote if anything i want people to be able to watch the film from two perspectives and i want his perspective to be harder to access we've all been in either position we've all been in a relationship where we desperately want to be closer to a person and they are less invested than we are and i assume most people have been in a position of wanting out of a relationship not feeling it but not wanting to hurt the other person so you stay longer than you should because you don't want to go through the mess end quote yeah, th- that is just a shitty thing to do. <laughs> yeah. And I, I get not wanting to leave a relationship when your girlfriend's family dies. Yeah. But he should have left like a year ago if that's what he wanted. And, yeah. Um, you have to be real. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I he is. I think he is the villain of this film. Mm-hmm. Like in a in a sense where he just he don't want to understand her almost and her feelings yeah he's Um, like exasperated by everything that she's feeling yeah and he also have like shitty friends who doesn't help with (laughs) with this they kind of let him just be miserable and instead of like hey maybe you should talk to her they're like yeah she's a bitch 
<laughs> you should yeah. leave straight away and just don't answer the yeah. phone anymore. Because they're fully waiting for a boys trip. Oh to yeah, to Sweden, and yeah. then he invites her to come. Yeah, and all of them feel too awkward to say no. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a bit of a respecting of the toxic masculinity and that type of friend group as well yeah. and wish i had friends like that <laughs> sometimes i wish that that i had like a like a like high school bully friendship group why i just i think i'm like like an anthropological study <laughs> i want to know what they're thinking i want to know what the thought process is because it's, it's kind of hard to come by in norway i feel like a lot of men are unfortunately seemingly quite well adjusted mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> i met a couple of it's nothing is going on behind those eyes yeah just the gym yeah yeah not necessarily the gym just the fact that they themselves think that they are a lot woker or feminist and they're mm-hmm. not at all it's a lot of those guys here in norway yeah mm. I love that that you see a lot of these guys who are like really priding themselves on like doing the bare minimum <laughs> and they're like I'm so like I did that. <laughs> yeah. I painted yeah. I painted my nails. I did that. Oh my god, yeah. I wore a ring. <laughs> yeah, like Look. I'm wearing ugly chunky jewelry and being like I've just defeated the like uh, gender binary. Yes. 100%. But I'm still straight. Oh my god. Oh could never touch a man yeah that's gross <laughs> ew <laughs> i didn't mean that <laughs> yeah i will wear nail polish but i will not support the gay agenda <laughs> that's <laughs> that is the vibe they are just doing it to appeal to women yeah i, I think i think that's also a bit of like mark Wolpolter's character he's like mm-hmm. women can be free and have sex with me with me yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like do whatever you want and have sex with whoever you want as long as it's me yeah let me be a part of it yeah <laughs> and i'll support you <laughs> <laughs> well okay i suppose while we're on the topic mm-hmm. of um well i feel maybe film bro can be a um non-gendered word yeah yeah it can uh, apply to anyone with a certain attitude yeah I think f- for me, if I had to define a film bro, it is uh, someone who kind of makes movies their uh, personality in an annoying way. Yes. Or mainly that they love Fight Club mm-hmm. and they love, and then they're like, don't talk about it. Yeah, no. No. Blank, like, star, 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 <laughs> star, star, space, star, star, star is my favorite movie. Yeah hate that uh quentin tarantino is my favorite director mm. are we describing uh, bad lick? <laughs> yeah. i was just thinking i was like wait <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> i know this guy <laughs> but yeah but like those films they're kind of like good films yeah but it's the same films yeah. drive yeah drive he saw me for real <laughs> uh, uh, ryan gosling and drive um how would you describe film bro before we move on uh i think it's just yeah those kind of annoying guys mostly oh and girls mm-hmm. <laughs> just keeping it annoying people annoying people um 
that yeah it's just oh have you have you seen pulp fiction haven't you seen pulp fiction <laughs> it's like the best film ever and it's like yeah. Yeah, it's i can't say it's a decent film i fell asleep but <laughs> oh i like i would I, I watched it four weeks ago for yeah. the first time yeah so uh, it's like it's fine to it like fun. pulp fiction but don't make it your entire personality I, yeah i think that is like yeah that is the the film bro agenda is making a movie like their identity and it's very much what we talked about the last time that you were on the podcast the whole mm-hmm. the patrick bateman of it all of yeah. uh, making american psycho kind of uh, someone you look up to yes in a way yeah it's like my feelings with film bros is like if i call you a film bro i mean it in a mean way <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yeah or in, i think maybe a good way is that they're they're like smug about it but also yeah. quite gatekeepy yeah about um, it as yeah. well yeah it's it's really strange because they always like look at these like ginormous films like american psycho and mm-hmm. pulp fiction and and it's like these are some of the most seen films ever yeah but they still gatekeep them in a way where it's like oh no you did understand it yeah. the way i did which is uh which well, the is first weird. time that i watched mulholland drive and my friends were being so like aloof about it that i was too afraid to say that i didn't like it oh no yeah because i didn't get it oh that is sorry (laughs) it was confusing and i wasn't following well enough yeah it's just then it's not a good film yeah then it's like you're a bad person you're like oh you're beneath them because you don't like get yeah i hate that yeah yeah i should say that about like puss in boots you didn't get it yes yeah puss in boots was great it was great yeah Yeah. i still love the first one i think you haven't seen the first one it's so long ago that i can't remember it's so good yeah but the second one masterpiece yeah yeah absolutely anyway (laughs) yeah but uh, a big the film bros flocked yeah to a24 yeah those films are very good yeah but also it's made by an independent company lovely Mm -hmm. it's giving voice to very many minorities and that's lovely and great um, but in the same way, these films are also still very popular. Yeah. And they act in a way that's like, it's a masterpiece. It's A24 is uh, like saving cinema and like, sure it is. But also they still have this sort of like gatekeepy approach of, uh, I feel Ex Machina is probably an example of when people like really go hard yeah. on gatekeeping. But in that same vein of the film bros kind of, loving something until it reaches this point that it is so popular that they don't love it anymore yeah it's very strange yeah and uh, the most recent victim of that will come to midsummer because that's another big example but mm-hmm. everything everywhere all at once yeah a24's biggest movie mm. ever i thought it was incredible i've seen it three times now oh and sobbed embarrassingly in front of my friends <laughs> i saw it with my um, who did I see it with? Dot dot dot. Oh. Someone. The first time <laughs> I don't remember who I went with, but I just cried. Yeah. Like so much. Yeah. Every time and in front of my friends and. But I don't care because it's brilliant. But when that film then suddenly became a contender for all of these amazing awards, mm-hmm. then people didn't like it anymore. Yeah, and 
it has a tendency to happen with people or films where there are minorities. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, everything everywhere all at once is so overhyped. It's not good anymore, but Pulp Fiction is great still. Yeah. It's like a weird, yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but it's often happens with movies with minorities mm-hmm. or female director because they just say it's overhyped because it's a woman who made it when yeah. in reality it's a good film yeah because ultimately everything ever all at once is everything ever all at once yeah. is a you know asian lead mm-hmm. pro- predominantly speaking in mandarin the whole movie and yeah. the the whole the heart of the story is a uh, non-accepting mother mm-hmm. learning to accept her queer daughter. Yeah, which is then like that's crazy that that was able to reach such. Yeah, because that's such a unique, not a unique story, but like a felt story that doesn't really get a a lot of attention. No, and especially not Oscar nominations. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So it it's sad that these movies kind of they get big Mm -hmm. and then suddenly get hated yeah from the people who made it big yeah it's uh it shouldn't be like that it's it's like yeah because in the beginning all i saw was oh everything everywhere all this one is such an amazing film and then suddenly all the comments were like it's overhyped it's stupid yeah it's like what happened (laughs) yeah you know that even in our own um, bfk uh, uh circle Oh. I also felt that energy very yeah. once. Throwing everyone under the bus right now. But <laughs> that's just that's what kinda got me thinking about it in a way. Yeah. Sort of the attitude coming back about that. Mm-hmm. But Midsummer is another example of one of those films which really surprised me. Um, I don't know if you know about this about me, but I love Facebook groups. <laughs> I am probably one of the few Gen Z people hard using Facebook. Probably. Because I love the groups. I would <laughs> not be on Facebook. I have no interest in like engaging with any of my friends <laughs> or seeing what anyone is doing. But I, I'm in like, do you remember that? Like a group where we all pretend to be ants. I'm in that. I was in that. <laughs> and I'm in like so many different like science meme groups. Wonderful. And then I was like, hey, I like film. Yeah. I should join some film groups. And I'm in a A24 film group. Oh. And... Over time, people just progressively posted more and more about Midsummer, mm-hmm. and posting these huge posts about like this is cinema, this is the best <laughs> film ever made, and then all the comments being sort of like, "Oh, since it's getting so much praise now, it's overrated," and now it's sort of like a joke in the group where people post like, "Hey, I don't know if you've heard of this film, uh, Midsummer <laughs> came in twenty nineteen. It's this really unique film, but." Yeah, like it's uh people think it's completely overrated now. Like that's been like the shift in the perspective of it now. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's it that is like annoying mostly because yeah. it's um they kind of overshadow how great the film is. Yeah. By just boiling it down to overrated. Yep. So I can can we not have a film that is loved by a lot of people without calling it overrated? Yeah. And overhyped, like the word yeah. you've used is just the word that they used to talk shit about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So dumb because it's like, oh no, a film got a lot of attention. Hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. 
um yeah and that there's also been a lot of kind of then saying that Florence Pugh is overrated she's probably one of I think she's like the standout actress she is fantastic in everything that she's in yeah bad script she takes it and runs with it <laughs> and does amazing yeah that Zach Braff movie or whatever it is wasn't good but she was amazing she's great yeah yeah and people saying that she's overrated now because people backtracking retroactively mm-hmm. saying that they don't like Midsommar because she's done a Marvel movie oh my god and that's been <laughs> a thing that she was actually she was interviewed recently mm-hmm. and she said that like f- people in her like indie circle mm-hmm. were saying that like oh now she's done a Marvel movie she's not gonna come back and she's but she was just like you know I can do what I want <laughs> yeah. and she was like if anything said she said that her main thought process was when she got that role as uh, Russian spy number two <laughs> in Black Widow or whatever yeah. um, is that more people would then look her up and see her previous catalogue of films yeah yeah. like that was her perspective on it yeah that is a great way of doing it because yeah. it if people enjoy her in Black Widow, I didn't see it. I heard it was awful. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, but if people enjoyed her in that film, then suddenly they come across like Lady Macbeth, mm-hmm. who sh- she was incredible in, yep. and all her other films. So yeah, I I agree with her view on that, and I think that's a cool thing to do. Yeah, and she is very cool. <laughs> she is. Yeah, and she's. She is great in everything that she's in. Like Yeah, it's some of the films might be mid, but she is always Yeah. on fire. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't the second she comes on screen, yeah. I don't care because it's like I only look at her and yeah. she's doing so great. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You know, yeah. she is probably one of the greatest actor actresses of our time. I think I so. think, yeah. Yeah. Her pouting is so great. That sad face that she does. Oh, it's it's incredible. I thought that in the film she did a really good job of showing... I feel like I've never seen like a real panic attack. Yes. In a film before. It's usually like the camera spinning and someone collapsing to the ground and everything's like... um, They play the sound effect that people play after a bomb goes off. It's like the ringing (laughs) and everything's muted. Yeah. But there's the scene of her just walking away mm-hmm. like crying same girly yeah same. <laughs> i can relate <laughs> yeah and I, I appreciated that yeah i it's... think it's hard to show stuff like that in film and I yeah they did a good job yeah yeah you yeah, know she and uh when she just after she discovered that uh christian her boyfriend was sleeping with a underage girl <laughs> yeah and she just walk walks away and s- then sits in like this circle with all these oh, women yeah, and just gosh. breathe that is such an amazing scene yeah it is very intense but yeah. it's yeah it's she that's like the uh girls in the bathroom at 2am yes <laughs> that's what they're doing in there <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah actually mm-hmm. it's like me and my bestie yeah <laughs> <laughs> a small inconvenience happening in our life we yeah. just sit on the floor like <laughs> yeah uh, i'm gonna i think i'm gonna post that on the instagram that scene it's yes yeah. you should yeah it's so good but it's just weird that like an actress or an actor or anyone doing sort of 
something other than if they're known for indie. Mm-hmm. But like Dune, Dooney. Yeah. That's not an indie film. No. And everyone is fine with her being in that. Oh, we'll see when it comes out, I guess. I mean, she's going to be good. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. I also thought it was kind of fun, if we're just going to briefly talk about Dune, part two, <laughs> is that in the book, um, Austin Butler's character is described as being really handsome. Oh. <laughs> and Denis Villeneuve was like, bald. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> White, I mean, you can be bald. handsome and bald, just no. saying. Yeah. Apparently, I've exposed my hatred for being bald, but it's just a deep-seated fear that I have. Of being bold. Oh, okay. Yeah, this Sweet. is my therapy on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm scared of being bold. <laughs> so maybe you should do an Ariaster take and make a film about being someone bold. balding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're like even my girly Mia Goth. Yeah, mm, love my life. Does not exist, <laughs> but I love her. Um, she is going to be in a Marvel movie. Yeah, and people are s- uh, similarly hating on her. Yeah. For doing that, but like, but I think it's the idea of the Marvel entrapment thing of like, uh, Marvel contractually hire someone for a set amount yeah. of time, and then they're sort of, okay, now you have to make seven movies in yeah. three years, and you have no choice. And uh, I'm not such a Marvel fan. I haven't really seen a lot of Marvel movies, but I watched WandaVision and mm-hmm. I loved it. I oh, love so Elizabeth great. Olsen. Yeah. But she was recently speaking about being out of her contract mm-hmm. at least for now and she was like it's great yeah she was like i can make other things now yeah i don't have to play the scarlet witch anymore mm-hmm. but then you know it's an it's not going to be that case every mm, time and no but yeah uh, i mean we can't get into marvel because that's a whole uh, <laughs> that's an episode of its yeah. own <laughs> Oof. <laughs> but you know florence Pugh can do what she wants yeah and so can me and goth yeah 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 I, I wish I wish that I could do Pearl on the podcast. Oh, that would have been great. It would be me wailing in the back <laughs> of the room for like 25 minutes. And then I'm like, anyway, Pearl is a great movie. <laughs> Sold. Yeah. You still haven't seen it, right? No. Ugh, okay. I have to. You have to see it. Yeah. I think uh, the third one is coming out maybe later this year. Yeah. Because they finished uh, finished filming quite recently. Mm-hmm. I saw like a clip from the trailer or something, I think. Yeah. Then I lost it and I was like, was it real or I don't know. I think it might have been fake. Yeah. There's not been a real trailer. I'm keeping tabs (laughs) on that movie. Yeah. uh, yeah. No. But yeah, Halsey is in the movie. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Kid Cootie was an ex. Yeah, he was great in X. He was. Yeah. Naked. Yes. Fully naked. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of nudity in Midsommar, also. Yeah. Yeah. He's th- <laughs> Ariester is not afraid of a penis. No. He, no. He <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say he loves a good penis, but I can't really... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. I think he is married. Huh? Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I have a weird thing where I kind of like male nudity in film, because it's just so... We have used the female body a lot in film mm-hmm. and female nudity, and it's like, let's get some dick in there as well, please. Yeah, I think I've said on the podcast before, but I think there is nothing scarier than a <laughs> naked man in the wrong place. You know what? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Did you see Men? I didn't. 
there's a bit so jesse buckley is the lead mm-hmm. and she is an incredible actress and i love her very much mm-hmm. um there's a bit when she is sitting at her desk and there's a naked man standing in the garden behind her ew <laughs> and it was te- like genuinely terrifying yeah but it's because it's a naked man i think because we're so unused to seeing male nudity that it's really weird yeah but also men are predators yeah and that's scary yeah also in hereditary towards the end of the movie i think he's like running around the house and then there's a naked man standing in the hall the door frame yeah oh that is such a disgusting scene. that's scary <laughs> i hate it it's yeah. so scary yeah why is the male naked body so scary i don't know it's uh I think in film, at least, is so unnatural. We don't see it a lot. Mm-hmm. So then it's like when we see it, they often set it in like a scary scene. Yeah. Which probably makes it even more terrifying. Yeah. And it's so out of place. It's never in a bedroom. It's no. It's always no, yeah. like yeah, yeah. outside in the dark or... Yes. Yeah. I have watched a movie, Clock haven't seen it yet but i heard about it yeah i think i talked about it last week on the podcast mm-hmm. but there was a there was a dick in that oh hard dick oh no yeah terrifying yeah ready to go um, no just uh i'm doing a slicing motion. <laughs> um just just the tip oh got slightly and i was like i've never seen that before interesting that's movie magic baby <laughs> that is movie magic <laughs> on this mid-ass film <laughs> That's movie magic. Kino is back. <laughs> <laughs> Dicks are being sliced and Kino is back. Yes. That's that's how we take down the film bros. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then I think uh, I'm good to wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> if you're good to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about the movie? I think really? so. Yeah. At some point. <laughs> we mentioned it. Yeah. But yeah. But it's so like I, I, I keep coming to this with films on the podcast that are like really well known mm-hmm. it's kind of like you don't need to talk about it the wizard no. of oz i don't need to talk about it. everyone no, knows that it's yeah. good apart from Vinay. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's just, yeah also if people didn't notice when they watched me so much just look at christian's glass with the period blood in it and the pubic hair mm. mm-hmm. yeah did not notice that the first time <laughs> no yeah she drops she, yeah, yeah i think i noticed that when she drops it in if you're looking for dating tips yeah then uh, look period. for the hog off um yeah just yeah. <laughs> ladies period blood period blood and pubes yeah. is the way to get you man yeah cool. in the beer yeah 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 <laughs> and if you're dissatisfied in your love life burn your boyfriend alive yeah in a bear suit in a bear suit in a yellow Be- house yeah yeah in a bear skin yeah yeah also, ladies, if you are unhappy with your gaslighting boyfriend, break up with him. Break up with him. Don't even break up with him. Just leave. Yeah. Never talk to him again. Yeah. And if he comes after you, then put him in the bear suit and yeah. burn him up. Mm-hmm. And if you get the choice to pick between a random person or your boyfriend, <laughs> pick your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe final question. Yeah. Um, who out of the board? <laughs> <laughs> Would you put in a bear skin and burn to death? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you have to answer. Oh god. Well, I am one jokey sexist coming away from putting Bendik in a bear suit mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. burning him alive. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone would say Bendik. 
That but that is so sad. Well, he needs to work on his people skills. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I I don't know. It kind of varies sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, if Vene doesn't answer in like three weeks about something he's yeah. doing, it's like the bear suit for you. Yeah. You're sorry. Yeah. You should put it in the new BFK bylaws. Yeah. If you upset me. Bear suit. You have two weeks. Yeah. 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 I agree. I've, in August, I've been a part of the film club for five years. So I think wow. that is... Uh, <gasps> A good way of being like, hey, I've been here for five years. Can I just add my own <laughs> bylaw? Can I please kill someone? Yeah, I've been here for five years. You. Please, can I kill someone? Yes. <laughs> okay, In cool. Sweden. In Sweden. Yes. Yeah, because that apparently is the only place that you can be in a cult. Yeah. Yeah. In Europe is Sweden, according to the movies. Yeah. 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 Or some weird island in England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you are outside of Scandinavia, I wonder, us are all Swedes like that? Yes they are yeah mm-hmm. and they have weird names <laughs> yeah <laughs> they do yeah Pella what what the fuck is that yeah yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> sorry to everyone <laughs> <laughs> no fuck them <laughs> okay okay yeah you can do what you want this is your podcast oh now. yeah it's my podcast now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yes thank you very much for being on back Carolina oh thank you for having me this is our second last episode of the yeah. semester so mm-hmm. nice to close in with some familiar face oh, with a familiar nice. face some familiar face yeah yeah but this i've been Lawrence, the host of the podcast this has been the real thing thank you for listening catch you next time goodbye goodbye <laughs>This has been a Bergen Film Club production. Our music is by Wise John. Check them out on Instagram at WISE John Official. Our logo is by Pierre Sophia Brentesen. This episode was produced, mixed, and engineered by Joel Lawrence. Our researchers are Inke Schilfgeibern and Mamina Nasmajit. Want to talk to us about films? Then please send us an email at podcast at bergenfilmclub.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at TheRealThingPod. Check us out on Letterboxd at BFK The Real Thing. Thank you and goodbye. Listen, follow, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts.